0: you're listening to sportsnet tonight on sportsnet 960 the fan all right well let's get this party going it's sportsnet tonight a special edition i'm your host Osmalinanji, alongside a very fun partner uh and across from me in the co-host chair shan virgi and it's been a long time coming we were supposed to have this show a little bit earlier uh in 2023 but uh unfortunately uh things got in the way life gets in the way but we're here now, and uh, we got a pretty fun show for you. But, uh, Shan, how excited are you?
1: Well, thank you for calling me fun, first of all. I, I certainly appreciate that. And we finally get to execute the Big You're Pigeon Show. Pat, we are fun.
0: <laughs> well, we, uh, we brown boys got to stick together.
1: Absolutely. Yeah? But, yeah, this is uh, this is officially the first episode of the Big Pigeon Show. Indeed. Um, Indeed we we have one texter who I don't know what their name is. But, uh, yeah, this is this is what the show is going to be called. I'm looking forward to it, and let's get this going.
0: And, and, and to that texter's point, like if you actually know what I look like, I am nothing compared to a pigeon. Like, if you want something a description of me, I'm a big fluffy panda. Like that. That's who I am. Well, am I a pigeon then? You can <laughs> I, tell me I if know. I am. I, I would say you're a full pigeon, but you're kind of closer to a pigeon than I am.
1: Okay, and why?
0: Well, you're you're pretty skinny. Okay, <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty, so deep.
1: I guess I am kind of the the head pigeon we can say. Yeah, for sure. But uh, anyways, you're hosting the the big pigeon show. But uh, yeah, this is this is something I got to give credit to George. George Russick really wanted us to, to carry through this name. So here we go.
0: Indeed. Uh, George Russick, shout out to him as well. Uh, we're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios, Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They are all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Uh, let's stick with the NHL chat since that's the biggest storyline right now yeah. we heard you know past i wrapping up with stock at potential oliver shillington uh returned here soon and that kind of got me going on the ufas of the nhl and, yeah. and i want to do this little throw this out here for you uh we'll we'll throw out an, a name that's a pending ufa coming in to 2024 off season, and i, I want to hear your opinion and i'll i'll chime in as well as and as well on the text line nine sixty nine sixty, your thoughts as well. Uh, just of, are they going to stay? Are they going to go? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they do, is it going to be a trade deadline uh, decision that they're going to be traded for? And if so, like what's what's their worth? And uh, we heard a little bit with uh, you know our Pacific Division insider Jonathan Davis uh, with Pat Steinberg earlier. And if you want to listen to that pod uh, that show, you can get it wherever you get your favorite podcasts: Apple, Google, Spotify, and all those podcasts. Uh, features uh, but Elias Pedersen he's 25 years old currently uh, 7.35 as uh, cap it he, he is technically an RFA but uh, he's got 61 points this year in 47 games played and I, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere I think he's going to be a Canuck for the entirety of his career but uh, what do you think
1: well he's having just a ridiculous season they uh he he clearly wanted to see what direction the team was headed. We knew that, and the Canucks seemed to be headed in an okay direction, considering they're essentially dominating the league. Uh, Pedersen has earned his his money. I think they're going to throw a billion dollars at him at this point, um, because he's he's been that elite player. He, he's just he's a top end player. He does everything right. He's good in the defensive zone, and we know how how lethal his shot is. He's got sixty one points in 47 games this season. He's staying in Vancouver, and it's going to be a lot of money. I truthfully think that he saw that William Nylander contract and clasped his hand together, rubbed him around, like, this is going to be good for me, man.
0: Indeed, and I think he's really proven that he deserves that kind of contract. He's a guy who can help carry your team, and and a lot of things that we don't see in Calgary They don't have that game-breaker. A guy who can take momentum for his team and kind of help generate that, and that oh. obviously helps. He's not just the only guy who can do that, but he has a good core to build around you got a forward, which is your which is Elias Pettersson. You got a D-man, which is Quinn Hughes, and then you got a solid goaltender in Thatcher Demko. But he does lead that. When you need some offensive power, uh a lot Elias Pettersson is that guy. So I definitely agree that he's gonna stay here. The the next guy, I'm I'm actually interested because he's a guy who's he, he's 28, so it's gonna be probably his final contract. He's at 6.5 and he's with the Florida Panthers, and that's Simon Reinhart. And he continues to put up the offensive numbers this season, 58 points in 46 games and 34 goals already. It's crazy. Which is crazy, and he was a big part of the reason the Florida Panthers did so well in the Stanley Cup playoffs, that scoring that he brought alongside with the depth that they had and then the goaltending. Do you see him potentially resigning uh, if things don't go well for the Florida Panthers in the playoffs, or do you think he's going to stick with the Panthers for the remainder of uh, his career?
1: Well, I don't see how the Panthers can let him go right now. I just think, you know, they make it to the Stanley Cup playoffs last year, and yeah, it, it, they they barely scraped into the playoffs. We know that, but at that point, it doesn't matter. You're in. They they make it to the finals, and he was one of the, those top players. He was he was fairly consistent. I, I I really like him and Verhage on that team. You you can mix and match them in the the, the top two lines, and they can shoot. So like thirty four goals, he's hanging around with Austin Matthews this year, yeah, around the top of the goal race. It's just this is the definition of a contract year, and I think he's he's made himself millions of dollars in, in the last few months, just ripping the puck. So uh, I, I think I think Florida would will have to they'll they'll really have to make a push to sign Sam Reinhardt. The problem is, how do you do that? Uh, you're you're losing. Well, I don't say losing, but a lot of UFAs this year, it's just not much of that big money's coming off the books. So, I don't know where the Florida Panthers can go. If Sam Reinhardt's able to take somewhat of a discount, if he really loves Florida, but I just don't see that happening. So, you know what? It kind of—I might be backtracking a little bit. Sam Reinhardt has the potential to, to make a bag this summer, and— You're right. It it, it depends on how Florida does in the playoffs. If Florida has another run in the playoffs, I don't see how Sam Reinhart can leave, and I guarantee the Panthers will do everything they can to make it happen.
0: Indeed. I think he's the core right winger for that team, and he's the guy that will funnel through. When you need a goal on a power play, he's the first guy to come out on that winger side, Uh, not just this season. He's just kind of taking over that role. Will he get a pay bump from his 6.5? 100% I agree. I don't think if he can... He will potentially take a discount, but I don't think it's less than anything less than eight.
1: I I was going to ask you what the, what the number is, and it can't be anything less than eight at this point. I I'm I'm expecting something around the the nine and a half. That's that's this is premier goal scorers numbers, and if I mean if he's able to carry this throughout the rest of his career, and he is scoring you know forty goals a season, that's a that's a steal of a deal. So. Uh, and, and then we'd see we'd be seeing Florida in the hunt forever. We, you've got Barkov, Kachuk, say Reinhardt gets signed; those top three guys, and you got guys like Verhage and Rodriguez assigned for a while. That's a that's a scary team,
0: man. Indeed, and with the cap salary going up as yeah. well, expected if you can lock him in in now at probably would say a a, a potential steal of a contract, then you have more to you know kind of. Get going on that last, uh, you know, the pieces that you need missing out on those things. And you kind of go on that. So that's something uh, we can do. But going on to our next player, which Mm -hmm. I think you and I both agree will probably be moved from their current team right now. And I think that's going to happen at the trade deadline because I think the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, I don't think they're making the playoffs this year as much as they want to. I think with uh, the Kyle Dubas and his staff need to really look at their team and see you know, I don't think they have what it takes to make it to the playoffs. They've been very up and down, more down than up. And Jen Gensel, 29 years old, can play both sides. Uh, he's got 47 points this year in uh, 44 games, so he's still producing the points. But he does have a modified no-trade clause, which does play a factor into it. But at $6 million, if, if you can get a team to bite in on a, a potential First round pick, which is probably what the minimum is going to be, especially if you're retaining salary. Yeah, and then getting in another team, uh, Gensel can be a great add to another team, and I think you're looking to potentially, you know, Vancouver, Winnipeg, could be two teams that could potentially go. Boston could use a guy like Gensel. Yeah, uh, with them going deep, potentially deep into the playoffs. Uh, what do you think?
1: I I'm not counting out the Pittsburgh Penguins quite yet. I think this is a wickedly talented team, and yes, it's an older core for sure. But you still have Sidney Crosby, who is playing angry. He is clearly playing angry at the fact that they didn't make it last year. So Crosby's playing some of the best hockey that he that he's played. I'd say in the last five six years, uh, Malkin. We know what Malkin is. He he's he's one of those elite players that it doesn't really matter. Like father time's not getting up to him, and Chris Letang is is playing great this year as well. Eric Carlson, not bad at all, but right now the Penguins' problem is the power play. I mean, right now this this team is sitting bottom five in the in the conference, but they're still plus 12. You look at the Capitals that are above them, they're a dash 26 on the season. So I, I it's hard to count out the Pittsburgh Penguins quite yet. There's Jake Gensel in, in Vancouver seems like a really good fit. I don't think he'd be a good fit in Boston. I think Boston really needs a center. They really need a center, so... Uh, I don't think he, Boston's a good fit. Winnipeg is intriguing to me. I think they have Winnipeg and Vancouver are two of the teams that are set to add one player and make a run, which is something I wasn't expecting to say before the season started. But I, I, I think, I think Jake Gensel has a better chance of
0: staying in Pittsburgh than you than you do than you think. Yeah,
1: uh, just just because this team is is really talented, and he's still a big part of this core.
0: That, that and that's hundred percent fair, and I think it, a lot to do with what Crosby can still do, Malkin can still do. Um, I think on their back end, I think the addition of Eric Carlson really affected that blue line. Oh yeah, I think the you have two guys who play the very similar way in um, Latang and in Carlson, yeah. and I think the two of those guys potentially butting heads is a is a reason for concern in that back end and but then you also got to look at your goaltending as much as Tristan Jari has shown he can be a starter and Ndudkovich has been a decent backup I I think that is potentially a weakness uh, for that team and you look at what uh, Casey DeSmith has been doing with Vancouver he's really solidified that back uh, back role to uh, Thatcher Demko and really shown that even if he goes in there, he can still win you games on like a back-to-back. Obviously, didn't the last time I saw him was here in Calgary, yep. where it obviously he didn't have the greatest game, but obviously that was a tough back-to-back with your team in front of you. But he kept them in for quite a bit of that. So mm-hmm. I, I think if Pittsburgh needs to you know, fix something up, it's going to be what are you going to do to strengthen your decor? Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do to strengthen your goaltending position? And we've seen this with Carlson before when he was in San Jose with Brett Burns and the two bud heads. It did not work. It, it did all. not work. No. It did not work, and I think that's uh, a potential of what you're going to do in that one. Uh, I'll go Continuing down the list, uh, with the trade with for Igor Sharangovich and the third round pick, which turned out to be uh, uh, Suniev, who's really been pushing for himself in his uh, junior ranks. He looks like a ranks, good player. And man. he looks like a great player. But Tyler Toffoli, 32 years old, He's put up decent points. He's 33 points in 45 games this year. So he's not like his production has gotten lower. He's still on a decent roll. But he's unsigned. Uh, We have heard he wants longer term. Um, He has said that is not true. Mm -hmm. So there are potential from both sides what it is. But uh, for Tyler Toffoli, a guy who's 32, I'm not giving more than four years for him just because if you write him to that he'll be 33 by the time that contract kicks in so you're taking him to 37 that would be the max i would take him into and obviously he his speed is not there like he once was but he's a guy that interests me i I don't they devils could keep him on and he would get a little bump from his 4.25 uh contract right now yeah but I think Tyler Toffoli goes into the off season as an unrestricted free agent.
1: I completely agree with you. This 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 Devils team, like they added Timo Meyer, and they knew that they were limiting their cap space completely. That's because Timo <laughs> Meyer is one of those players that you 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 wanted to add to this team because of his scoring. Um, I, Tyler Toffoli has been a great addition to this team, no no doubt. And you know, we can argue the the Sharon Govich trade as much as we want.
0: I think at this point. It's a win-win it's, it's situation.
1: A win. 100% it's a win-win. Sharon Govich is playing great. Suniev looks He looks like he could be a, a, a pretty solid player. And Tyler Toffoli has provided the Devils with some goal scoring. Now, Devils haven't been playing all that well, or, or at least up to standards. But moving on, I also think he's going into this as, an, as a UFA. He wants too much term and he wants too much money. And this team simply doesn't have that option for him. They've got look at look at their top 5 guys locked up. Timo Meyer, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Nico Hischier, and Andre Pilat are all locked up till at least 2026. And and most of those guys for a few years longer. So adding Tyler Toffoli doesn't make sense. This is this came to me just now and and I think this might be an interesting spot for Tyler Toffoli, maybe a team that could um a, a team that is not making the playoffs this year and and a team that has made it clear that they want to add players. They don't want to focus on on, on the future anymore. I wonder if he goes back to the Montreal Canadiens. It's 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 just something that could could work. I know Tyler Toffoli really enjoyed his time in Montreal, and you know went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like it was it was it was a really cool year for him. But Montreal might see him as one of those guys that can really solidify their forward core. They got a, a lot of young defensemen coming up. I, I think David Reinbacher is going to be a really good player. So. Adding that that veteran to your forward group, which they have a few, but I think Tyler Tafoy is that veteran that, that can, he can be a leader on the score sheet.
0: Indeed. I don't think Montreal is more of a place that they can become a Stanley Cup contender yeah. within the next two to three years. I think they still need some things to figure out. So that would be maybe why he wouldn't go there because he doesn't want to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, If he wants to go to a Stanley Cup contending team now, he definitely will have to take a a big pay cut because that's going to be a big part of, you know, being part of a sound like team that you'll need to do that. But I I don't know what Tyler Toffoli is going to be going after this. Uh, I think he won't, like I said, I don't think he he will sign with the devils come uh, before the off season. And he's definitely going to needing a pay raise and wants a longer term. But on, on that sense, if that Tyler Toffoli goes, you know, adding with the names that we've said so far, he probably is the most intriguing, the only other guy who I think will probably get locked up pretty quickly. Uh, and that is the Jonathan Marshall of the Vegas Golden Knights. Like he's 33, uh, 36 points in 47 games this season. Uh, he's got, I, I don't think he's not going to be a, a Vegas Golden Knight for the remainder of his career as well.
1: No. And, and real quick, I just want to finish up on, on the Tyler Toffoli thing. He, he's won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. So, I, I, I you know, if he wants to win a cup, Fair enough. I just think doing that it's at the expense of term and and money. So that's why I suggested that the Canadians. Another team that sparks my interest would be the Anaheim Ducks. It's it's a team that they have so many young guys. They just added Cutter Gauthier, adding another you know adding a, a veteran forward when you've got a lot of youth. And you if you can convince Tyler Toffoli and say, we are not pushing for a cup in the next couple of years. However, you can be the piece that helps develop this this group. And we can move forward, and we can compete for a Stanley Cup in three, four years, whatever. That that's that's a team that I think will give Tyler Toffoli the money he wants. Anyways, moving on to Jonathan Marchessault, he, he's I think he'll retire of Vegas Gold tonight, unless Ooh. you know, unless it's one of the things at the end of the, his career where he, he goes and, and, and becomes a rental for a couple cup teams. I, ju- I just think Mar- Marchessault, he's one of the misfits, and he's been crucial to this team that has had so much success, made the finals in their first year. And then won a Stanley Cup last year. Marcia So will get re-signed. Might take a pay cut because it, it's such a it's such a tight knit group that I, I could see all of them taking pay cuts to to, to stay together and compete together uh, in, in in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I just yeah he'll be a Vegas Golden Knight.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to stick a, stick with the Vegas Golden Knights. And I think that's probably one of the biggest let goes by the uh, Florida Panthers yeah. in the expansion draft where they lost uh, him out. Uh, going to a couple of rentals. Okay. that probably will be moved. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, he's with the Ottawa Senators right now. They're definitely not making the playoffs. Uh, he Unless they go on a, a massive heater here in the late half. Uh, but 31 points in 40 games. Right winger, left shot, a guy who has lots of experience. Uh, he, he does have a cap hit of $5 million and has a no trade clause in his uh, contract. So, He'd be an interesting guy of where he's gonna go potentially. Uh, you know, Ottawa has an opportunity to add another first round pick. Uh, go to we talked to Montreal about they have another opportunity to pick up another first round pick uh, with Sean Monahan being uh, an unrestricted free agent and a guy who can play all three positions and can be a really useful guy for mm-hmm. any Stanley Cup contending team. But with those two guys, do you see them moving on or becoming free agents I- I- come uh, July first?
1: Well, I, I I look at Tarasenko. He's got a no trade clause, but he, he, you know he won he won the cup with the Blues in, in twenty nineteen. So that's something you have to consider. It's when you get to this age and you still have the talent like Tarasenko does. I mean, you know he's only thirty two, thirty three. Like it's not like he's he's getting to the very end of his career. But you have to consider that they won a cup. If you haven't, you get pretty desperate. So. I don't know if they can convince him to stay in Ottawa. He's got a no trade clause. That's that's the big thing, right? So if he's happy with where he is, then he's got every right to say no. With that being said, so many teams can benefit from having a guy like Tarasenko, and it does not up to his his standard goal totals. But if if a team doesn't get Jake Gensel, you're pretty much getting Jake Gensel light with. Tarasenko they, mm-hmm. they they both can provide that that offense and have been doing it for a long time so yeah I, I could see Tarasenko uh I, I I think he's getting traded it's just if he wants to go he'll go for sure because Ottawa is in shambles I I, I can't believe that with all the talent they have they are not a, a a succeeding team
0: oh 100% I agree I think it's a I don't think it was on the coach uh, when this the Sm- Smith was, I think it was DeSmith? Smith, yeah, DJ Smith, DJ yeah. Smith, yeah, yeah, DJ Smith, um, was let go. I don't think it was on on uh, the coaching self staff. Mm-hmm. I think it was I, these players are just not connecting, and I'm not sure why it is. And you know, Corpusalo hasn't really been the goaltender that he was brought in to be, uh, which does no. play a factor in the lot. But just to wrap you wrap this segment up before we take our first break, uh, mm-hmm. Elias Lindholm, we <laughs> know. That he at most likely that he will not be a Calgary Flame come the trade deadline uh, unless for something things change and we we know in the off season it was about nine million dollars was the p- potential offer that the Flames put out which I think they dodged a bullet there with how how he's yeah. playing with how he's taken you know the worth of himself down I think that's become an issue for him he does have a two way game he does have thirty points this year. Again, 29 years old, still gonna be his last contract. Where do you see him ending up? Because I think he put him on a team like Colorado, yeah, and Colorado has a great Stanley Cup run, uh, and especially with Landiskog now skating, yeah, and he potentially be ready for maybe probably the second round of the playoffs, but it's gonna cost minimum Bowen Byram, which would that again that is something that the Flames have looked at, uh, I think. and But that's kind of the cost, I think, that's going to take. It's a minimum of, of of that for Elias Lindholm. But where where do you see him move potentially moving on to?
1: I, I think Colorado is, is the most natural fit. The thing about that, I don't think they're getting Bowen Byron back in that trade. I would expect it... I, I think it's more likely that it would be a Samuel Girard. Obviously, picks would have to be involved. Calgary is... At this point, they're not saying, "Hey, Elias, you know where do you want to go, man?" It's not like that. The only thing they have to consider is Elias will have to, if if this is very important for the other team, will he resign there? Right. So that that's where you get a bigger return. I think Samuel Girard is more likely to come back in a trade to Colorado, but Boston, I think Boston will give up a couple of their top prospects, which they don't have a whole lot of that. But I, I really think they'll they'll give up their top prospects to have Lindholm and re-sign him because they just lost Bergeron and Bergeron you know, obviously I'm not saying Lindholm is a Bergeron, but he plays that that two way role. And he'll never do it as well as Bergeron, but he actually is closer than ninety percent of the league at doing that. So uh, Elias Lindholm in, in Boston makes more sense to me, but with Nichushkin gone, you lose you lose a lot of that. Uh, We just see a a, a text coming in from from Ben in Calgary. Uh, We're talking about Jake Gensel. I hope the Oilers get Gensel. It'll make their downfall so much sweeter. Well, okay. (laughs) I mean...
0: If the Oilers are doing anything, they would need to bolster their defense. Yes, and they have no cap space. (laughs) And they also have no cap space, but if they're going to do something... They they would need a, a potential like a Shane Goss to spare.
1: Yeah, and I'll, first of all, I don't think Gensel to the Oilers will help their downfall. I think they'll just be scoring at a higher clip, which I also don't want to see. So, uh, anyways, yeah, I don't think the Oilers are getting Gensel. I'll put it out there.
0: Uh, another, just quickly, Sean Derzies is a... I love Sean Derzies. ...RFA, and he's really stepped up his role as a top top four defenseman yeah. with Arizona Coyotes. And he's really been a guy who I'm, who I'm interested in... And Arizona's definitely going to lock him up and stuff but for a guy who was buried in LA and yep. now the struggles they're going through right now it's kind of a uh, me playing hand in hand for that but I think LA missed out on a on a couple of trades here uh with the Dubois trade and with the Jersey trade well yeah the the Jersey trade
1: Brant Clark is going to be a good defenseman like he he's, he's he was unreal in junior and he's already destroying the AHL He's got a call up, but he hasn't really played, which is weird to me. But I think Brant Clark will be running that power play. Dowdy's done an okay job doing it. Dursey was that guy last year, and I am so high on Sean Dersey. I draft him in both my leagues this year. I I flex it all the time. I He hasn't. He doesn't have like. Listen, he's got twenty seven points in thirty nine games. He, he he's solid, and he has been great on Arizona's power play. We saw that against Calgary. Dursey picked apart the Flames. He had a golden assist, but he was flying. So. Yeah, I, I think he stays in Arizona. I think Arizona would be uh, seriously mistaken to not sign him. I, I I love him as a player. I think he's exactly what Arizona needs right now.
0: And just to wrap things up here, too, you were Boston point for Lindholm. Jake DeBrusque obviously is a UFA, yeah. uh, 27 years old. I think if he potentially would he be potentially coming back on that, if the Calgary Flames do see fit on that. But I think they're probably going to go a little bit younger Uh, With if they're going to go the Boston route, but Mm -hmm. that is still yet to be seen with how things unfold. First, they got to get out of this three game losing streak and uh, kind of set their identity and kind of get more on a consistent basis. But we're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit, talk a little bit about the NBA uh, and the Toronto Raptors and the way they've kind of restructured their retooling uh, as they look to kind of reset their identity Mm -hmm. in the NBA and kind of connect that back to the NHL to see if the Flames kind of can follow that pursuit and how long, if that uh, way of doing things Mm -hmm. is going to be the correct way for that. Uh, CHL, NHL top process game going on right now. Uh, It's 1-1. About 15 minutes, or sorry, about five minutes past uh, in period number three. Uh, it's actually a very entertaining game, and uh, two Calgary Hitmen are in that one, and mm-hmm. Carson Wetch and Carter Yakimchuk who have looked really well in that. Uh, so we'll keep you around on that. We'll get a little bit more on that, a little bit more on the NBA as well, and all of that all coming up around the corner. This is Sportsnet tonight, right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Now, back to Sportsnet Tonight on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to Sportsnet Tonight with Osma Anji and Shan Virji. We're coming in our second segment here, uh, live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Also on the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catcher. Uh, It'll be up for you just at the conclusion of the show. We'll get this down for you as well. But uh, before we get back to our conversation and kind of switching gears, To the NBA. Just wanted to put this out there because the Sportsnet 960 Beer League broadcast is going to be taking place on March 22nd at the Flames Community Arena. And we are on the hunt for our next two amateur hockey teams to join us on the ice and have their game broadcasted over the Sportsnet 960 Airways. If you're lucky enough to take part of this epic evening, you can look forward to Celebrity Refs. Uh, Brett Cron refed last year, and that was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I heard he did not have a good time and doesn't want to do it again. Oh, it was absolutely great. He was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, also, we'll have an after party for you at Wild Rose Brewery Ooh. and a fun inter- intermission games for the audience members and then obviously custom jerseys for yourself. Uh, I remember last year we had uh, Human Bowling as one of the intermission uh, games, oh, which was pretty fun. I'm excited for this. It is definitely a fun moment uh, event, and uh, it's brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery, serving up premium craft beer to Albertans since 1996. Whether you're looking for a finely tuned craft lager or a robust porter, they've got something for everyone. Find them around Alberta or at their tap room in the Curry Barracks. Uh, it is a fun event. I was part of it last year. Yeah. Uh, I have both my beer league teams have both entered to, into it. I so, hope you get in. Um, I don't think I would still play if I was <laughs> yeah. to do that. I don't think uh, Art would be pretty happy if I had to be like, oh, sorry, I can't work. I got to play.
1: I, I, did, I didn't do it last year. This, obviously, this would be my first year doing it. I'm looking forward to one. The event. I hope I'm actually there and involved. Is what it (laughs) is. But (laughs) I'm looking forward to the robust porter at Wild Wild Rose Brewery. After that, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a a fun event. I think beer league just. You glorified beer league is probably one of the best things. It's it's entertaining. I'll tell you that.
0: Indeed it is. Uh, so, yeah, if you haven't entered yet, enter your bra- uh, beer league team uh, over at sportsnet.ca slash 960 under our contest page. It'll be a fun entering there. And then obviously everyone will be contacted. Uh, I believe February 2nd is the date to where they will contact. Uh, yes, it will be. They'll contact the two winning teams and we'll announce them as well. Uh, Switching over to our gears now, back to Sportsnet tonight uh, here on Sportsnet 960. The fan is, you know, we're going to do a little NBA. We don't do Mm -hmm. a lot of it here on this program. It's not really a big thing in Calgary, but I think the way the Toronto Raptors have kind of done their restructure, retool is something, uh, you know, potentially the Calgary Flames can look at. Obviously, they won the championship in 2019, uh, and then they have now made some adjustments kind of more towards what they can redo really to bring that team back to a championship team. Uh but it all started with saying goodbye to a few pieces and uh one of that was OG Ananobi who was traded uh for uh RJ Barrett, a Canadian who has been a big player and in a 2024 second round draft pick to the Knicks. So and then obviously Siakam was traded to the Pacers. Mm-hmm. But uh let's just start there with, you know, when you have to say goodbye to guys who were with your team for so long and as fans it's unfortunate you were invested in them. This happens in sports.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's the business, but I think they did a really good job of with that 2019 championship team. They didn't say, okay, nice. We won the championship. Now we're going to trade, trade you. Like they, they tried to keep the group together and I think, I think they did a decent job handling it. It was I will say at the time you know trading Demar Derozan to win that championship was that that was the definition of it. it's a, it's a business and you know you know that's they they took a risk and I think they might have held on to the team a little too long because last year they should have they should have been sellers but you know this year they Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster they they saw they needed to make the moves and yeah the OG Anunoby move is a big one because you get a couple of players that are young players and. And have proven themselves in the NBA, you get a second round pick, but you get one of the best Canadians to play basketball. And I think that's such a cool, cool story. RJ Barrett has—I mean, he's already had a thirty-seven, six and six game. Like he's—he's—he's mm-hmm. he's, he's proven with the Raptors that he's a really good player. And part of his his um, the knock on him was his shooting, and he's been shooting the lights out here. So yeah, I, I think I think he's been a really good fit for Toronto, and Emmanuel quickly as well as a player the Raptors have. Not, they haven't had in a long time. He he reminds me a little bit of uh, of the Terrence Ross style of play, but but better. And um, I, yeah, I I like the direction that they're heading. I, I liked it too after just the OG trade. And people are people are starting to really realize how good OG is because he's playing for New York. He's getting that exposure. He's already getting talks of oh maybe this is a defensive player of the year player. He was always like that. He just he didn't get the recognition in Toronto. And then. Yeah, that that Pascal Siakam trade, that one, that one hurt a little more because I think he could have been re-signed. I really do. He, uh, they, they weren't willing to give him the money that he was going to make with the Supermax. And listen, you get three first round picks, albeit they're they're late first round picks, but still first. And you get a couple young players out of it. And Bruce Brown, I think Bruce Brown will be flipped. But yeah, it, it, it's it's sad to see that era end. Really, the only well, the only person left from that team is Chris Boucher and. You know, he's not one of your starters. So it, it, that era is completely over in, in Toronto, and it's, it's time to focus on on the new era. I just think having R.J. Barrett as that Canadian to lead you. Well, Scotty Barnes is leading the team, but R.J. Barrett leading that, uh, that guard group, I think it's a pretty cool story.
0: I, I think what they've kind of done is they said, look, we want to put our eggs in a basket, mm-hmm. and Scotty Barnes is he's our guy. yeah, And now let's build around him. What can we do to compliment him? And I think that's what they did when they got RJ Barrett is who can be our second weapon that mm-hmm. if they start focusing on, um, on Barnes, then who's the other guy? I, and I look at that kind of the way golden state was for so long. It was Curry was your guy. Yeah. But then if you go in Curry, Thompson's wide open and he can burn you. And I think that kind of, the two-headed monster and then the three-headed monster kind of helped Golden State win those championships. Yeah, And obviously, they've not been the same team ever since. And that's a topic for another day, obviously, with me being a Warriors fan Whoa. and all. Uh, but going into back to how Toronto's kind of fit their basket, and I look at the way they've focused in on this is their game plan. Yeah. And I kind of tie it back to, with how the Flames have an opportunity to kind of do that, I look at, you know, the Calgary and what they've done this year as well as they've honed in on youth and that is the plan we're going to do with and I think Calgary, that's a potential model that you've got Zeri, you've got Pospisil, Mm -hmm. you've got Peltier who will be making his way back here shortly, you've got Coronado who I think has unstepped potential, you've seen what he's done in the AHL Mm -hmm. and he looked really good in that game against St. Louis, just couldn't, find one and that's a potential you can kind of look at it and I think Toronto's done a great job of that and then obviously you said bye to Siakam mm-hmm. which obviously is a guy who's very low well loved with the Toronto base and, and the franchise base but sometimes you gotta make those hard decisions for the betterment of your team and and unfortunately sometimes it stings at the first place but then you gotta look at this is not just a now thing we're yeah. building for uh, total that we can be competitive for not just the next two years, but the next five years, the mm-hmm. next eight years. Just kind of how that's been, and that's the way I see it with the Raptors.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's what the great teams do. You're not going to see teams get by because they gave everybody what they wanted. That's mm-hmm. it's just that's not how it works. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, the Raptors made the big move to to eventually win the championship in 2019, and you you made some people angry because. DeMar DeRozan was the heart of Toronto at that at that point, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was sad to see him go. But I I certainly wish the Pascal Siakam all the best in in Indiana, and same with OG Ananobi in New York. I I I'll be cheering for them in the playoffs because I don't think I'm seeing the Raptors in the playoffs this year. So uh, yeah, it's it's it, it's a business, and I think we're constantly reminded of that, especially around this time of the year when you get towards the trade deadline in each league and some people it 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 happens pretty quick they're with this with the team for 11 years and then nope oh, gone
0: uh, and then you look at the youth that they have and they they got Grady Dick you know 13th overall last mm-hmm. year and you know he's been 13 weeks since you know the season has started so we're just about halfway over but he's a guy who's you know averaging about 13 minutes a game this year he's putting up 3.6 points mm-hmm. uh per game but he's going to be giving more of an opportunity and i yeah. think he has an opportunity to you know, play really well, and uh, for a thing that is, is he a bust? I, I think it's way I, too early. I think it's way yeah. too early. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's way too early. But it, he has to have an opportunity, and, mm-hmm. and similar to any sport, if you're not going to give your team an opportunity, then you don't know if he's a bust or not.
1: Yeah. Well, I, Grady Dick was he was great at Kansas. I mean, he was he he was lighting it up. He's shooting from everywhere. Uh, I think he's a, he's a pretty special player. It's just, yeah, he, he started the year. He wasn't getting a, a whole bunch of minutes, but he went down to nine oh five, got got a lot of time, and just got a bunch of shots up. He, obviously, in a game setting, and he came back to the Raptors, and he can shoot the lights out. We know that, but starting to see him get a little more creative, create his own shots. I I, I I'm I'm excited to see. To see Grady Dick move forward with the Raptors because he's he's another player they haven't had in a long time. That's a straight up catch and shoot, create your own shot, three point shooter. And I I think he's a he's a special player that they need.
0: This is sports on tonight. Uh Osmalinanji along with you, Shan across from me and our co-host chair. The big pigeon show. The big pigeon show yep. here. Uh CHL, NHL Top Prospect game going on right now. It is two one for Team Red. Uh, two players from Calgary. Yeah, we don't want uh, that. We want white winning. Yeah, yet. we want white win. They're both on team white. Carter Yakimchuk and Carson Wetch, uh, both on team white. Uh, Wetch actually being named the best uh, skills player. Yeah, uh, for a guy who is, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but he's a very north south player, which a lot of teams love his hard work ethic, and we saw that there. And then you have Yakimchuk, uh, a, a, an absolute beast on the back end. Yeah. Uh, of how big he is, how strong he is, how great of a skater he is. We yeah, saw I, that. I wanted
1: to ask you that because you've been in the locker room. How tall is Yakimchuk actually?
0: Yakimchuk, I would say, is about I think six three. Okay, yeah, he looks big out there. He's about six three. Definitely has a lot of room to grow as well. Yeah. uh but he's a guy that he can jump into the offensive zone very easily. He can yeah. quarterback a power play. He's not only got the shooting ability because he leads the WHL by defenseman in shots on goal, especially on a back end. That's great. That. Uh, he he's high uh, up in there with goals. I think he still leads the league by defenseman in goals, and he's up top five in points by defenseman. So for a guy like that to be that big, and he's a right shot too. So yeah. you have that as well. So, but that's only that they have an option on the power play right now that they're going right now, if you're listening live with us Mm -hmm. on Sportsnet 960, The Fan, or if you're listening on the podcast, this is uh, just here on this Wednesday, but there's a lot of class here in these prospects game, and I I would say, arguably, that this is a deeper draft than last year's. I think, out of the top four picks, top five picks in the draft last year, I don't think it was really that deep, but this year, I think it's a lot deeper. Interesting, because I
1: thought... I thought the the draft was, was pretty deep last year. I I just think of of Winnipeg getting Kobe Barlow later in, in, in the middle the round and Zach Benson dropping to uh, to Buffalo, which was wild to me. But I mean, last year's draft, I think you're going to see talked among you know the top drafts all mm. time. But you're right this this year, like the, the the top end talent is not as good as last year's. But there are some really really solid players through and through, and we we've been following Yakumchuk throughout this this season, more specifically you, but he was floating around the 20s mm-hmm. when the season started, and he started to creep his way towards 10, and I was kind of hoping, like, stay in Calgary's <laughs> range, stay in Calgary's range, which is probably around 16, but uh, it, listen, he's a special, special player. I, I've, I've seen quite a few hitman games. I got to do the one with you this year, and he scored a disgusting goal because he's disgusting. Like it's it, It's watching a defenseman that's that big with hands like that, and he's got a great shot, too but he's solid defensively as well like mm-hmm. he's just he's just the definition of a two-way defenseman i think he's going to be a really special player and i think whoever drafts him will will be will be lucky and yeah carson wetch has has just been solid all season for the hitman. he's he, he's kind of one of those do-it-all guys and you don't really realize him until he scores i'm like oh okay and yeah t- finishing top of the that that skills test that they had he uh both of those guys are are, are going to make the hitman proud when they end up in the NHL.
0: Indeed, and it's not just these guys here, right? Like, we see more of the WHL guys on our side, but yeah. there's still guys from the O and the Q, and there's a lot of great players. Oh. And I look at the big names from even the Western Hockey League. I look at T.J. Ginla, mm-hmm. who was ranked, I believe, 17th in the in the mock draft that they had recently on Sportsnet. Uh, just of that, mm-hmm. uh, if he's a guy that you're ranking at seventeen. For what he does with Kelowna, with how he generates the play, kind of dictates the flow. If, if things are not going his the team's way, he knows how to recapture that reload. And I think that's been his greatest asset that he's learned uh, being the guy in Kelowna because he didn't have that opportunity in uh, Seattle with that stack loaded of a roster. Yeah. And he goes to Kelowna, he gets that opportunity and has shown that. And even in this prospects game that you know we've seen how he... Resets the play, mm-hmm. dictates the play, dictates how. You know, if the things are not going right, he's the guy that's going to help reset that. So, with him and potentially where the Flames are, if he's there and he's available, I think it's a no brainer drafting him.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting discussion, and I've I've had this discussion with a few people. I just I wonder if Jerome wants that or not like if if it'd be similar to what the Coyotes did they drafted Shane Doan's son when he was in office I have a good feeling if Aginla says I want him drafted they're not going to say no to Jerome Aginla I, I really because yeah he's a very special player and he's probably floating around that that range too where the Flames will be picking but if maybe maybe Tiege doesn't want that maybe Jerome doesn't want that I, I don't think he's going to say oh son you you want to play in Calgary where I played no I don't think that's going to happen but Maybe it's a family discussion. I don't want to get into that because I don't know.
0: No, but. and I think regardless of where he is, mm-hmm. he's going to have that pressure because yeah. he holds that again name. And, and I've had conversations with the Rockets play-by-play, and I've mm-hmm. had conversations with the uh, uh, the Oil Kings play-by-play mm-hmm. who saw Jerome's other son in Joe Ginline. Mm-hmm. They've both said that... These two boys want to make their own name. Oh, yeah. They know they have a high expectation because of, you know, who their dad is. Yeah. But they want to make their own life as the Joe Aguinla or Tige Oginla, mm-hmm. not Jerome Oginla's sons.
1: And that's completely fair. And I think a lot of Flames fans are, are so excited about the prospect of that happening. I just... I could see it where they don't want that to be a distraction in the organization. I, there's a lot of talent in this draft, as you mentioned, and if they see someone that's equally as talented and they don't want the distraction, I could see them going the other way. So, I, I it would be cool. It'd be an awesome story if if Jerome and Tiege will, if if they'll accept that that distraction, I guess, and, and if if Teague will accept the pressure, it'd be awesome. But. I don't think we should get too excited about it right now, is what I'll say.
0: There's still lots of time left before the draft. Uh, Shan, this has been a fantastic. Uh, hours spending this with you lots of great conversations with regarding to the nba Mm -hmm. the way the ufas potentially can roll out and obviously some great prospect discussion as well and this Mm -hmm. is just probably one of the big pigeon show uh more yet to come as uh you know this was great i thought the big pigeon show was pretty good great debut
1: i think we need to get that we'll talk to art i think we need to make that the name
0: we sign it up, and I think GVP would be uh, more than happy to jump in yeah, on cause that he, as well. Yeah,
1: well, because he calls me a pigeon every day anyway, so
0: <laughs> shout, out, shout out GVP. Uh, yeah, GVP as well. But that's going to wrap us up here for our uh, hour here for Sportsnet tonight. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. It's been great uh, having you here. Uh, Shen. where can people find you on X or Twitter? just my name, Shan
1: Virgi, S H A N V I R J W E.
0: So that is, if you want to follow Shan uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Aslam A. Nanji. That is my Twitter. Album. But for that, that's going to wrap us up for Shan, for myself, and for you. Thank you for all tuning in. Uh, that'll wrap us up for Sportsnet tonight. And you've been listening live on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Bye.